Today on the No City on the Sideline Dad Podcast, episode number 28. Do you live your life with purpose? What is your legacy going to be? Also, life can change in the blink of an eye. My interview with Aaron Walker from viewfromthetop.com. Next in the podcast. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, I really want to say thank you for being here. I know as a dad and a parent and a busy adult, our time's limited. So thank you for taking time to listen. And if this is your first time, welcome. This is a podcast about having a conversation about being a dad, a parent, and an adult just trying to get through this busy world. This will be a weekly podcast to get a sense of community. What I mean by that is, I want to talk to you. Yeah, you. The one listening to me now. You know, I want to have a conversation in sense of community. Like, you know, in the right-hand corner is a speed pipe. If you look at my website, there's a speed pipe thing. Leave a message. Leave a comment in the uh, discussion about the podcast. And, and, and I can say hi. You know, make it constructive. I like. I want to reach out to me and say hello. I would really like to hear from you. There'll be interviews and topics about being a dad and a parent. And I'm busy doubt. We're all going through the same issues. I hate saying the same issues, but similar issues. I love being a dad and a parent. You know, I know this stuff's not easy. I'm not an expert. I'm on a journey. Try and take one day at a time in this crazy world. Next up, I want to talk about the Messenger podcast movie. It's coming out on August 23rd. You can pre-order it now. You know, it's, it's interesting is right be, right now as we're talking right now, we're in between Captain Underpants and Transformers. I think that's pretty good for a documentary. Right, I think we're number 33 in the list. This is about an intimate look at the world of podcasting. What compels the independent podcaster to take it on, like me? They visit some of the most, in the movie, they visit some of the most influential and deeply embedded individuals who share their shows, community, and the impact. Podcasting has a powerful impact because it's audio. If you're listening now, you're probably right in your ears. So it has an impact on people. So they decided to make this documentary about people's lives and what they've, what they've done with podcasting. What they're trying to do is get the word out for pre-orders in iTunes so it keeps moving and up the charts in their category. So think of the message about podcasting because it's important. It's such a powerful medium. So if you have any interest about podcasting and how powerful podcasting is, head over to iTunes and pre-order the movie. There'll be a link in the show notes to pre-order the movie. It'll be No Sitting on the Sideline, Dad Podcast, slash iTunes pre-order. That'll take a link right to the Messenger podcast in iTunes. And please pre-order and help raise up the charts. Next up, my interview with Aaron Walker from viewfromthetop.com. Aaron Walker, without a question, he's a veteran entrepreneur. Started his first business at 18 and sold a Fortune 500 company nine short years later. Demonstrates Aaron's passion for succeeding and unwilling to rest on his past success. Aaron started and bought and sold eight successful companies over the last 37 years. Having a strong desire for personal development has kept Aaron in a weekly mastermind group for more than a decade with Dave Ramsey, Dan Miller, Ken Abram, and seven other notable 
people from Nashville. Aaron enjoys his 36-year marriage with his beautiful wife, Robin. He has two daughters and five grandchildren. Today, Aaron spends the majority of his time helping men grow in successful insignificance. As president and founder of View from the Top, a premier life business coach resource, Aaron's new book, View from the Top, is guaranteed to motivate, inspire you to live a successful and significant life. I, I, I got to say that, that um, I did finish this book in a week, which is pretty amazing for me, actually. And I really enjoyed it. And it, it touched on a lot of things that I've been thinking about myself, about living a significant life, planning things, goal setting. Um, you can't do it by yourself. You need other people. Because it's hard. I mean, I, I can understand living in isolation and not reaching out for help. Complacency, like falling to ruts. We all do it. I do it. And mindset. And, you know, creating your own opportunities. Power of masterminds. Aaron is wealth of knowledge. So I don't want to hold back. So let's jump right into the interview. Today on the podcast, my guest, Aaron Walker. Businessman. Life coach Aaron Walker inspired many through his leadership, mentor, mentorship, consistent pursuit of excellence. He enjoys others and believes in experience and great te- teacher. 35 years in entrepreneurship and a marriage has given Aaron wealth and experience. Aaron continues to reach new heights and broaden his perspective terrain by examining his experience and growing from them. And also, he's a life and business coach for men. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me on today, buddy. How's things going up in New Hampshire? It's great, great, great. Thank you for being on. I really do appreciate it. Oh, man, it's a blessing. Thank you. I'm humbled that you're having me, so I'm pretty fired up to talk to you today. Is one thing I, I like to open the question, and like kind of open up a little bit in the sense that I like to, um, an opening question since, since you're also a dad and also a grandfather, can you give me a, a funny or an interesting experience you had to be your two daughters? I know you have two daughters. That you're like, oh, well. I'll tell you, you, I didn't expect to get asked that question, but I'll tell you a funny story that I tell oftentimes about the girls. Uh, I used to take them to school. There was a school that they went to about five miles from our house, and we were riding down the road one day, and the youngest girl was sitting in the front seat, my oldest daughter sitting in the back seat, and uh, Brooke asked Holly in the front seat, said, hey, open up your lunch and give me some of those grapes. And she said, no, that's for school. And she said, no, I'll open it up and give me some of them. And so, uh, she handed her one and then handed her another one. Brooke was going to eat all the grapes. And so finally Holly, uh, closed the bag and Brooke couldn't get any other. And she looked down in Holly's lap and reached up there and grabbed one of them, threw it in her mouth. And Holly didn't say anything. And I said, does that bother you? And she said, no, that's the ones I've been sucking on. <laughs> I started, I started laughing and Brooke of course got sick in her stomach back there. She goes, Holly, that is so sick. And she said, well, leave my grapes alone. You know, what can I say? <laughs> so anyway, Hey, listen, there's experiences like that. One's 35, one's 31. Now I could tell you stories for days and I'm sure all parents listening to this have funny stories with their kids, but man, my kids have been an absolute joy. They both work with me now in the business. And we have five grandchildren. We have them from 18 months old. Uh, my oldest granddaughter will be 15 in October. And, uh, that's been a fun experience. I'm teaching her how to drive right now. And so <laughs> that's a, that's a fun experience within itself. But yeah, my life couldn't be better right now on the dad and the granddad side. It's one thing interesting being a father and a grandfather. And I, I was recently watching one of YouTube, I mean, Facebook videos and, and um, one of the videos is a dad's thoughts. And he was about a dad's thought about a summer 
um, is going to be fun. It was like something you mentioned about being in the mastermind. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah. I'll refresh my memory again. Cause I do four or five Facebook lives a week. So refresh my mind just a little more on the story and I'll be happy to dive into it. It was about, um, you were mentioned about in the mastermind, a guy, a guy mentioned, uh, mentioned about his son asking him why, well, well, it's summertime, how it was supposed to be fun. And it's, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was, uh, there was one of the guys that said that he was busy with his work and he had a side hustle and every night he'd come home on the side hustle and he'd eat dinner with his kids and his family. And then he'd start working on the side hustle and he'd go to bed the night and they, they did this night after night and his little boy is seven years old and he walked up to his dad one day and goes, dad, can we talk? And he said, sure, son, what is it? He said, I thought summer was supposed to be fun. And his dad goes, what, what do you mean? He said, all you do is work. He said, you go to work all day and you come home, we eat dinner together. And then I want to go out and throw ball and I want to ride my bike and I want to go fishing. And all you do is this other job. And he said, all mom does is wash clothes and cook dinner and clean the house. And summer's just not fun. Well, he said it broke his heart. He said he started thinking about that. And he said, from his little guy's perspective, the truth is all they did was work. And so I did a Facebook live on that. It's very, very much watched as a result of it. Cause listen, we all can identify with that. We all get caught up in achievement and production and being more productive in every area of our life. And we forget the things that are the most important and that's our family. And I teach guys how to make money and be successful financially. We've been fortunate to have 12 different businesses over the 38 years. And I tell guys, I can teach you how to make money, but if you come home one day with a pocket full of money to a house full of strangers, what good did it do you? And when you start thinking about the expense that you go through in order to have this measure of success, is it really worth it? And the truth is, is if we do that, we still end up a loser, right? Because we have money and nobody cares. And one day those kids are going to be gone and you're going to be a lonely, rich person <laughs> because the kids are going to want to be doing certain things. And when they get grown, they have their own family. They're not going to have time for you either. So I think we've got to really count the cost, Joe, as we're going through our side hustles and the things that we're doing and not forget that summer is supposed to be fun for those kids. It's, it's like t time's important. I mean, you can make all the money in the world, but I, and I'd rather have my relationship with my son. That, that, I think that's what, what hit me the most when I watched that video. Well, we, we do, and the relationships are paramount. They're the most important thing that we could have. It's our biggest asset without a question. But quite honestly, we get so caught up in trying to pay the mortgage and trying to pay the electric bill and food on the table, and I get it. We all need to do that, and we should do that. But let's just not do it at the expense of our family. It's true, true. Um, another thing, how did your parents, like your mom and your dad, have an influence on you being a, um, your success and being a parent? Well, my dad uh, was a great man, high character, uh, great core values. Uh, my mom was that way as well, very inspirational. But they were terrible business people, primarily my dad. But the inspiration that they had on me was to be a man of character, to be a man above reproach, to be a man that was honest to a fault. Uh, as a result of that, it gave me a great amount of determination to do better in life. My mom had a little saying, can't, couldn't do it, and could did it all. She wouldn't allow us, Joe, to say can't. 
She would say, you might not be able to do it, but you're going to at least try. Well, her pushing me to try things like that gave me self-confidence because I was successful at some things that I otherwise wouldn't have been. So she was kind of pushing me through these upper limit challenges that we experience as a child. And it gave me a sense of confidence, which allowed me to go on to be successful in other ventures in my life. It's interesting. I mean, that can't, was it again? Can't, can't, couldn't do it and could did it all. See, it's the mindset, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. I mean, the truth is, is that we've got to develop a mindset, a growth mindset. Carol Dweck talks about it in her book and it's titled mindset. You either have a growth or a fixed mindset. One or the other people with a fixed mindset say, Hey, it's the way I am. It's the way I was raised. Uh, this is the hand God dealt me. It's just the way it is. Well, a growth mindset says, you know, it's the way I am today, but with proper instruction with people along walking me and, uh, giving me a mentorship, people that are educating me and showing me a different path. I can learn a different way. I want to be around people that have a growth mindset. I can't stand a fixed mindset. It's like you're doomed. You know, it's like, it's just the way it is. See, I don't believe that. I believe that there's physical limitations. I get that. I understand different people have different personalities, but we can change our behavior. You know, there's certain things in our life that we can change, and that growth mindset gives you that. Well, do you think sometimes people, like, fall into ruts, and, and me and they just need help lending a hand to get out of that rut? Well, here's the thing that uh, that I've been instructed over the course of the years, and I'll give you a little history to tell you about this. So in 1995, this guy approached me, wanted me to advertise our bricks-and-mortar business on his show, and I never heard of this guy. And he said, I'd really like for you to advertise on my show. And I said, no, I'm not interested. Thank you, though. He said, I'll give you advertising to try me for a week. And if I don't prove myself in a week, you haven't lost anything. And I said, well, nobody can lose at that. So I tried him for a week and the show was amazing. Got a lot of business off of it. That was my first encounter with Dave Ramsey. Dave owned a radio station in Nashville and he was on one show for a couple of hours and that was it. Well, now he's on 700 stations, talks to 10 million people, 21 straight years. I was an advertiser on his show. And we developed quite the friendship as a result of that. Well, one day shortly after I met him, he asked me to belong to his mastermind group. It was a couple of years after I met him, he asked me to join his mastermind group. And I said, I don't even know what that is. And he said, just come to my office Wednesday morning. I'll introduce you to the guys. I think you'll love it. Well, it changed my life. And I'm getting to a point about being in the rut. So I went in, met the guys, and it became a safe haven for me. It was a place that I could go and share I could subject myself to the scrutiny of other people. I could go in and not have a veil up. I could be totally transparent, be totally honest. It was a safe environment. They didn't have anything to gain or lose as a result of what they told me. So they told me the truth because there was no bias in what they were sharing with me. And I started to absolutely love this process for many reasons. First of all, they tell me the truth and they could direct me. They could edify me. They could encourage me. But the other thing, when I got down, and you do get down, I don't care who you are, they can pick you up. They can encourage you. See, the truth is the enemy to excellence is isolation. If you want your life not to go places that God intended it to go, stay alone. You need to surround yourself with a group of people. You need to have that common uh, interaction with people. You need to have people with the same mindset that's going to take you to that next level because we all reach points where we're in that ditch. 
where we need to be helped. We need to be encouraged. It was one Saturday morning. I was at the Ace Hardware in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I live just outside of Nashville. The phone rang, and it was a guy that never called me on the weekends. We only talked through the week. Uh, he was an amazing guy. He was in our mastermind group and I was in a dark spot, Joe. I don't know if you've ever been in a dark spot where you couldn't totally get out by yourself. And I was in that there were some things going on in my life that were very, very difficult. And he called me one day and he said, I got a word for you. And I said, all right, I was excited because this guy was an amazing guy. He said, you're wearing the hell out of everybody in our group. And I started laughing and he didn't. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, you talk about this thing every week, month after month, and we're sick of hearing about it. And I didn't know what to say. It offended me at first. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I mean, James, his name's James. I said, James, I'm sorry. I I don't even know what to say. He said, this morning in my quiet time, I was reading the book of Isaiah. And it says, take the chains from around your neck and move on. He said, it was time you were moving on. And he hung up. And there I stood in the parking lot at Ace Hardware. I was so mad, Joe, I could have bit a nail into. <laughs> and here's what I thought, though. At first, I thought, this guy's got the audacity to call me on a Saturday and blitz me out. And then I thought, no, you know what? We've been meeting for 10 years. This guy loves me enough to push me on. He shoved me off the cliff is what he did. The following Wednesday morning, I went in and walked up to him, hugged him told him I appreciated his words of encouragement. I said, it's not exactly the way I would have liked to have heard it, but you helped me. And it changed the paradigm shift of my life. It took me down the path. He helped me get out of that ditch. If you don't have people you're investing time with on a weekly basis, who's going to breathe that kind of life into you? So when you get in that ditch, be sure you've invested an inordinate amount of time with people that can help you get you and propel you to that next level. It was interesting that uh, we were just talking about that is, is sometimes that people, I mean, some people just, uh, men don't always seem to want to share. I mean, they sometimes, and they get, they isolate themselves. Well, the thing is, is we want everybody to think we got it together. We want everybody to think, Hey, Joe's got it together. He never struggles. He doesn't have issues with his wife. His marriage is perfect. His business is crushing it. His podcast is killer. Joe doesn't have any problems. That's what we want everybody to think. Well, the truth of the matter is Joe has problems. Sometimes you have relational problems. Sometimes your kids don't behave like you would like. Sometimes your podcast is not doing the downloads that you hoped. And the truth is we need people around us that have a different perspective. See, we only have one lens. We only have one filter. We only have one life experience. But when you surround your people around yourself with people that have like-minded goals, but have different life experiences, they can say, I've tried this and it's worked, or I've looked at it from this perspective and it works. I did a construction project at my house not long ago, and I had an engineer out there and a general contractor, and we couldn't figure out this structural problem. So two weeks later, I'm sitting on the back patio and I'm on a coaching call and I look at it from a different perspective and I solve the problem. You see, the problem is we were looking at it wrong. We needed to look at it from a different perspective. It's the same way in our life. We can only see it one way and you need people around you that have different perspectives, different lens, a different way to help you. And we do that through mastermind groups. We do that through accountability groups. We've just got to surround ourselves with people that really care, that know us, that know our experiences. They know our downfalls. They know our challenges and our weaknesses, and they can help you make good decisions. Once, um, I think it's a little transition to um, your book. Some of, the, I, I, some of the quotes that I, I really, one of my favorite quotes actually out of the book, um, 
what is it? I think it was there's a feeling of a champion side of you, but fear lies just below the surface. Mm. What did you mean by that? Well, the thing is, is that we all, you know, it's Mike Tyson said that uh, we all have a plan that we get hit in the mouth, right? Mm. And that's the way it is in our lives. Like a lot of times we don't have confidence in ourselves. And I don't mean arrogance, but see, people buy confidence. They, you want to go to the heart surgeon and him go, you know, this is what's wrong with you. This is exactly what it's going to take to accomplish the problem. If you do this, this, and this, you're going to be fine. That's what we want to hear. But if you go to the heart doctor and he goes, oh, Joe, this ain't looking good. I don't know, buddy. I've never seen this. I'm not sure you'd be like, get me another doctor, right? <laughs> yeah. It's the same way that we are in our professions is that there is success lying just below the surface, but we let fear override us. They may not buy it. They may not hire me. What if it fails? What if I do it and it's not successful? And I say fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. See, oftentimes we'll allow other people to quench our desires. We'll allow other naysayers hold us back from accomplishing the things that we could do. So it's like the pot of gold, you know, maybe one more shovel and you would have hit pay dirt. It's the same way in your successes in life. You've got to have somebody that is willing to push you through those upper limit challenges to help you understand and see the value of just a little more work. We've got to have somebody to push us to uncover what lies before us. Other people see you differently than you see yourself. Who are you the encourager to? Who are you helping take that next person to the next level? Well, we need that in our lives as well. And that's what I mean. There is success lying just below the surface, but we allow the fear to hold us back. That's, um, that's an interesting thing. It's also the fear of missing and missing and missing opportunities. I mean, we all, because we don't want to look, people don't want to look stupid. That's why they also have the fear of failure. Well, here's the thing too. And I learned, I was asked this question on a mastermind group just a little earlier. They said, what would you have changed earlier to make you more successful? And I said, quit caring about what everybody else thinks, right? A lot of people, now I don't mean that in an arrogant way. That's not what I'm saying. But oftentimes people say, oh, you can't do this. Well, what I've learned to say is, is what you mean is, is you can't do this because you better move because I'm fixing to accomplish this. You've got to have grit, determination, perseverance to accomplish. There's things that you've got to give up. You can't have everything. Look, look at some of, you know, the, the, the athletes, you know, VJ Singh is one of my favorite golfers. He's from Fiji. And the reason I like him so much is because after every round, he goes to the practice round, hits a thousand golf balls. He knows the work that it requires for the muscle memory. He knows what is, look at Michael Phelps, 22, 26 gold medals. You know, he didn't go out and hang out with all the guys and drink beer and eat pizza every day. He went to the gym and he worked out and he went to the pool and he swam six hours a day. And he did that relentlessly because he had something that he wanted to accomplish. See what's burning inside of you. What desire is inside of you? We have this instant gratification. We want everything right now. You can't have everything right now. You've got to decide what is important to you. You've got to niche down. You got to be an inch wide and a mile deep on something and say, I'm going to forego the shiny object syndrome. I'm going to let these things go and I'm not going to be an inch deep and a mile wide, right? And try to do 15 different things. I'm going to narrow down and focus. You know, the riches are in the niches, you know, without a question. And when you become proficient at this one thing, People will line up to buy your services or your product because you're the expert. You know what to do. Listen, Joe, I studied diamonds for years. Mm -hmm. I probably know more 
than the general populace on diamonds because I went to school, I studied it, but here's what I know. I know enough to know that I know very little. Well, it's another an interesting thing, and I'm, I'm, I remember hearing this on Dan Miller's podcast too. And but something in something that changed your life. I know there's an incident in your life that happened. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah, the accident. Yeah. So what happened was is uh, went out on my own when I was 18. Sold out to a Fortune 500 company when I was 27 years old. I was done. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. Well, it was for about 18 months. And I gained 50 pounds. I was lazy. had no purpose, no reason to get up. My wife said, get your hind end up. Go do something. Get a job. Get another business. I don't care what you do. Went back and bought the company that I started with when I was a kid. We took it to heights four times the size it was uh, before I started there. God really blessed it. It was an amazing experience. I worked three days a week. My partner worked the other three days. It couldn't have been better. I mean, our life was like utopia until August 1st, 2001, just past 16-year anniversary of a horrific automobile accident I was in. I was headed to the office. A guy named Enrique was crossing the street to catch a bus, and he didn't look my way. And I ran over and killed a pedestrian, 7.30 on a Wednesday morning. Well, my life came to a screeching halt that day, Joe. I mean, literally a screeching halt. And I'm like, God, this is not even happening. I can't even believe this. Well, he lived three days in the Vanderbilt trauma unit here in Nashville, Tennessee. And I got that call on a Saturday morning and said, Enrique didn't make it. Well, I was devastated, needless to say. And Robin and I talked about it. We sold the company. I took the next five years off. And what I learned in that five years, uh, I was grateful that I had the resources and we were able to travel. We moved. We built a new house. And I had to get my mind off of what had just happened because you don't get over killing somebody. God's got to give you the grace to learn to deal with it. And he did. And his grace is sufficient to cover all tragedies. Whatever you've experienced, his grace is sufficient to cover. But what I discovered in this process was, is that what would my legacy have been if that was me that had just been killed? And here's what it would have been, Joe. Young kid from Nashville, Tennessee, broker and a convict, doesn't have anything, makes enough money to retire at 27, uh, got enough money, and nobody cares. That would have been it. It's like nobody's life would have been different as a result of having known me. So I wanted my legacy to be that. I wanted my legacy to be significant, not just successful. And so the whole paradigm shift of my life changed. And I said, from this day forward, I will start looking outward more than inward. And here's what's happened, though. Here's what's been amazing. As a result of that mindset, I've been hugely successful financially and multi-times more successful significantly. And it is just a great way to live your life, looking outward, trying to help other people accomplish their goals and dreams. And as a result of that, our business has grown exponentially. It's just a great way to live when you realize that we're either a giver or a taker. Early on in my career, I was a taker. And these past 16 years, we've been a giver. And it's just been amazing to see what has flourished and the outcome of our companies have been by looking outward rather than inward. What would be a good um, good tip or somebody to um, tip or a suggestion to somebody who wants um, to create a, a great legacy or a create a legacy? 
Well, it's uh, it's very intentional. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't happen by accident. We've learned to live our life proactively, not reactively. There's some documents. Uh, you can go to viewfromthetop.com and get these documents for free. One is called, What Do I Want? First of all, most people, Joe, don't even know what they want. Most people want bigger, better, shinier, faster. Just give me more. And that's not necessarily what's best for you. So in this document, I help you uncover, like tomorrow morning, if there were no geographical limitations or financial um, uh, restraints, what would you do with your life? Most people don't know. Most people can't answer that question. It's like, oh, I don't know. I never thought about that. Well, see, we only get one go through. We don't get a do-over. So we need to live our life very intentional. The other one is a personal assessment. You really need to discover who you are. You need to look at your identity, your ideals, your relationships, your career, your faith, your family. You need to really look in and say, who is Joe Foley? I mean, who is this guy? Like, what do I stand for? What are my values? What kind of legacy do I want to leave? What kind of life do I want to live while I'm here? See, what happens is we get up each day, we go out, we try to make as much money as we can to pay for things that we probably shouldn't bought to begin with. And when you start living proactively, you're like, where do I want to go? What kind of legacy do I want to live? What values do I want to steal in my children? How can I affect my community? How can I affect the people that work for me, my peers and my colleagues? Like what kind of legacy do you want to leave? And when you start thinking about that, then you can dial down and say, these are the things I've got to give up in order to do that. I've got to prioritize my priorities, right? I've got to say, this is what is important and that's where I'm going to spend my time. And once you proactively start living your life, you can leave the legacy that you want. It's um, it's that's it's, it's, it's very helpful. And, and I mean, legacy. I never really thought about because I'm, I'm some people just reactively instead of proactively. Well, the majority of everybody just gets up every day and whatever the day brings. We're very methodical in the way we live our lives, and it's very intentional. Robin and I sit in our sunroom and we say, "What do we want to accomplish this year?" What do we want to give money? What do we want to do to our home? What trips do we want to take? How can we help our children? What can we teach our grandchildren? We even take our iPad and write these things down. We date it. I run my business the same way. We're recording this in August, and I already know right now through December, I know the theme of the month for our mastermind groups. I know the books we're going to read. I have the questions outlined. We have 40 blogs that we'll be writing from now to December. I already have the titles for those. I know the people I'm going to be interviewing from now till then. I know every single thing that I'm going to be doing each and every day. And we do that four times a year. Uh, we'll sit down. We were doing it quarterly. Now we're doing it every six months. We'll spend two and a half days in Chicago in a hotel room and we'll, with my COO and we plan what we're going to do. See, I know all those things right now that I'm going to be doing now through December. So that way the shiny object syndrome doesn't get in the way. And I just have to execute each and every day. If you want to be successful, you've got to have a plan. If it's just in your mind, it's a dream. It's not a plan. So if you want to be highly successful, you need a written plan. I just I heard somebody say that one time. I think I'm not really remember who it was about, Having a boat and having you know, like a plan going direction. If not, you're just going around in circles and circles and circles, and, and you never get anywhere. Well, you know, I mean, those that are aiming at nothing hit it every time, and so you've got to know what you want. You got to know how to get there. Also, you mentioned about mastermind groups. I know you have one. I think it's Iron Shop and Iron Mastermind right. Group. 
You want right. to talk about that a little bit? Sure, sure. It changed my life two decades ago, being involved in a mastermind group with Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller and Ken Abraham and Jeff Mosley and some of those guys you may or may not know. People say, well, yeah, if I could be in a mastermind like that, I would too. The point is, is two decades ago, they weren't the people then that they are today. See, as a result of being in the mastermind group and forging together and meeting weekly, uh, they have grown successful, tremendously successful businesses. Well, it's the same way that I wanted to replicate. So I started Iron Sharpens Iron several years ago. We have numbers of mastermind groups where the guys come together. We coach men, nothing against women. It's just that we coach men. That's my niche market. Remember earlier I said you got a niche down? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a man, obviously, and I know men. I've led mastermind groups. I've led accountability groups. I've led men's classes at our church. I've been involved in men. I know how they think, and so we've really narrowed our focus we meet on a Zoom call every week at the same time, same 10 guys. I facilitate the groups, and then we have coach-led groups. Other coaches are facilitating the groups. Under my direction and leadership, we have an accountability tool. We have men in the middle. We have a book that we read every month, a theme every month. It's very regimented, and we get down to business. And life is changing like I've never seen it before because there's huge accountability. We've got a theme. We've got a plan, and we set goals, and we help each other accomplish that, and we do that each and every day. We have numbers of countries represented now. We have people literally from around the world, and these guys are crushing it because they have a team of guys that are around them every single week to help them accomplish their goals. Anything to come to mind? Anybody like if you have some stories coming out of the mastermind you could talk about like anything interesting? We had a guy, this is not the norm. This is the exception. So I'll make that very clear. But we had a guy that said initially, I can't really afford to be in the group. And I said, you know, you're just the kind of guy we'll figure out the money. You're really the kind of guy that needs to be in the group. I want to encourage you to get in the group. He had one business at the time and, uh, He got in the group. Two years later, he owns six businesses now. Last week, he reported that he made $186,000 out of one business in one week. Well, that was about 10 times his annual revenue two years ago. And he attributes that to the mastermind. Those guys pushed him through upper limit challenges. They encouraged him to help him. Now, let me just tell you, that's a very, 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 very exaggerated example. But those kind of things happen. There's many guys that their businesses have doubled and tripled. There's many guys that have partnered with other mastermind members. But the thing that is amazing to me, there's better husbands. They're better dads. There are people that have been addicted to pornography that no longer are addicted to it. There are people that were abusing alcohol that totally abstain now that have been uh, almost an alcoholic for 18, 20 years. Now they don't drink at all. It doesn't have a grip on their life anymore. They're able to overcome, overcome these obstacles in their life. The list goes on and on and on. I mean, I could sit here all day and tell you success stories of all these guys Uh, you know, a lot of it is just the personal development, just understanding themselves better. Uh, it's just an amazing experience when you surround yourself with 10 quality guys on a regular basis at what you can get accomplished. Also, your book review from the top. I know it's more of a lot of things we're talking about today. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Anything in particular, you particular like out of that book? 
Well, there are many, many things that I enjoyed about the book. I didn't even want to write it originally. And Ken Davis wrote Fully Alive. He's in a mastermind group with me. And he said, man, he said, you need to write the book. There's too many stories in there. There's too many things in you that you could share. And I started thinking through some of the things that we deal with on a daily basis. And a lot of people are bound up. They can't break free. And I talk about in the book, Breaking Free. And another thing that really seems to be um, confining to people are boundaries, but it really gives you more freedom. And I talk about how to set boundaries for your family, for your work, uh, for you as an individual. I talk also in the book about being blindsided by the automobile accident. You know, things were going along great. And then out of nowhere, uh, this horrible accident happens. And then how we dealt with that. I'm very transparent in the book. I tell all the stories. I don't hold anything back. I talk about choosing wisely in the book, surrounding yourself with a core group of people, your inner circle that you do life with. You got to be really careful, Joe, with the people that you surround yourself with, because you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Uh, talk about letting bitterness go in the book. I was bitter at a point and I had to let that go because I was in my own prison. And so I talk about those things in the book as well. People talk about balance all the time. There's not a such thing. You've got to prioritize your priorities. And I help you understand how to do that in the book. So really, it's a little bit of a memoir. I tell a little bit of my story and then a little bit more about the things that I just described. I admit it was a very inspirational book, and I'm, and I'm very grateful I got a chance to read it. Also, wrapping up, I guess wrapping up is anything – where they can find you, anything you like off, like any, like, you know, also mastermind groups. And, yeah. Thank you. And, thank you. um, anything last parting advice? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Develop the mindset. We talked about on the onset of this interview, develop a can do mindset, develop a mindset that you can accomplish the things you want and set a plan out by which to accomplish that. The two mantras that I said earlier is can't, couldn't do it and could did it all. So develop that mindset, get the book, uh, Mindset by Carol Dweck. It helps you understand the growth and the fixed mindset. And then there's another book out that's called Givers and Takers. Uh, that's a great book because you're one or the other. You're a giver or a taker. I try to surround myself with givers, people that are willing to help. And then the last parting piece of advice would be fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. You can reach me at viewfromthetop.com. I would love to have you be involved in our mastermind groups. I'm telling you, it is transformational in all areas of your life, both personally and professionally. It can help you accomplish your dreams and goals. It can help you overcome obstacles in your life. And it is amazing when you get a team around you, what you can accomplish. So yeah, reach out viewfromthetop.com. Aaron, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. I really do appreciate it. And it was great talking to you. Enjoyed it, Joe. Have a good one, buddy. We'll see you. Well, that's all I have for this episode. I want to thank you for joining me on the No City on the Sideline Tab podcast. I want to say thank you to Aaron Walker from viewfromthetop.com for being the guest on the podcast. You can find all the show notes, links about this episode at nosittingonthesideline.com slash 28. Please comment on the podcast. All comments help improve the podcast. Keep it constructive. If you want to hear more of this kind of stories, more of the interviews, let me know or just want to say hello. I really appreciate it. All the things we talk about will be in the show notes for this episode. If you want to get in touch with me, like I said in the beginning of the episode, write in a code or speed pipe, leave a comment in the episode comment section, or you can find all my contact information, social media, email at nosittingonthesideline.com slash contact. 
please subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcast catcher like iTunes, Google Play, iHeart, Player.fm, I think. All your favorite podcast catchers. I guess the biggest takeaway for me from this is time versus money. You can make all the money you want, but there's a cost. Your family, your relationships with your kids. Time is valuable. It's a valuable thing. Don't waste it because it goes by so quick. Until next time, take care. Give your kids a, give your kids a hug <laughs> and tell them you love them and take care. God bless. See ya. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates of the show and helpful and useful tips. This has been a production of Foley 42 Media.